morning. You look lovely this morning. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Listen, uh, I'd like to welcome all of you to Only Believe, and I am Pastor Phyllis, and I hope you're having a great weekend. And today's going to make it just that much more special, right? Right. Well, Pastor's back from Honduras. Yep, and we had, we had souls saved, we had people healed, we had lives that were changed. And listen, I want to say this to you. It's because of two things, Jesus and you guys. Because without you, he could not go preach the gospel. You know that. Because it costs tons and tons to go preach the gospel. But without you... He could not do it. And here's a thought that God gave me. When we stand before the Father, now think about this. He says, what did you do with what I gave you? Think of that. Oh, my God. It touched my heart. What did you do with what I gave you? You can say, I won souls, Jesus. I won souls. Because by Him winning souls... You're winning souls. And, and I wasn't even thinking about probably saying this, but it's true. And thank you so much for your giving into Peter Dosick Ministries because that goes for missions and him to travel, him and Eric, and to preach the gospel. Thank you, thank you, thank you for doing that. We just want to thank you. Uh, also, we want to thank you for uh, Rebecca and Jessica, remember, some of you folks went to their house and did whatever, you house cleanup, I guess you'd call it. But thank you for doing that. I don't know who did that. Can you stand up? Who went and did that? If you're in here, some of them might be out in the lobby. Thank you so, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Praise God. We've got such good men and women in the body of Christ, you know? Now, if you're new here, or this is your first time, what did I do? What did I miss, Jim? Jim's interrupted. Not this Jim. This Jim. He's the troublemaker. If anybody has a dunce well, both of them are, yeah. If you have a dunce cap, I need it. Or, Jim, you could go put your nose in the corner. No, I didn't. We love both gems. <laughs> anyway, now you got me off what I was saying. But if, you, if you're new here or it's your first time here, uh, we want to extend a warm welcome to you and a special welcome to you. We're so glad that you joined us today. Now, if you will look in the, back of the, in the front of the seat, in front of you, but it's really the back of the seat, there is a card called a Connect card. And if you would be so kind and fill that out, we would really appreciate it. Or there's a, a little card on your seat that has a QR on it, and it's a QR code. And if you'll just scan that with your phone, it'll go electronically. Okay? <laughs> Somebody said, hallelujah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we'd also like to welcome all of the live streamers this morning. We are missing you. We know that some of you can't make it all the time. We understand that. Because Wednesday night, I had 
had had a water line break in my basement, and I couldn't come Wednesday night because I had things I needed to do. So anyway, I know, just pray for me that I get it fixed quick, okay? <laughs> I mean, I've got most of it done. Man, swords come out. They did an amazing job sucking it up, blowing heaters, drying it up. But I just have some other things that we have to do, okay? So I understand that uh, you can't make it here all the time, but know this. This family misses you. All right? Now, uh, we have a prayer team that's walking around probably right now, and they, uh, they're with cards. And if you have a prayer request, please take one of those cards, fill it out, and they will come back around and, and collect them. Okay? Listen, the Bible says this, a righteous man's prayers availeth much. That word availeth means it can do much. I want a righteous man praying for me. I want a righteous woman praying for me. Don't you? Okay, and then we have prayer here uh, the first Saturday of every month. And uh, <clears throat> this is a good thing, from 8 to 9 a.m. And our next uh, Saturday prayer will be May 6th. Okay? May 6th. So come. Pray for an hour. Just spend time talking to God. You know, he loves you. He loves you so much that he gave his life for you. So, are we ready to worship the Lord? Amen. Amen. All right, let's worship the Lord. What I see, do you see what I see? I see lightning, I hear thunder, something stirring six feet under, dead beams coming back to life again. I believe there's about to be another resurrection. Oh, I see signs and I see wonders. I see bursts of living color. Oh, dead things coming back to life again. Oh, I believe there's about to be another resurrection. Oh, come alive. Wake up, sleeper. He is risen. We are risen with him. Nobody in it. Oh, dead things coming back to life again. I believe there's about to be another resurrection. 
Don't you get shy of me, lift up your song. Cause you got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. So come on, my soul. Don't you get shy of me, lift up your song. Cause you got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. So come on, my soul. Don't you get shy on me, lift up your song. Cause you got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Your song, 
singing that again I just heard I'm just waiting on a few people I'm just waiting on a few people you know sometimes it's it we don't come in here the way we feel you know we had a bad week or whatever stuff happens somebody lost a fight or whatever but man the, the time I throw up I'll throw up my hands and I'll praise you again and again because this is all that I have for you what an act of surrender. What an act of a love for a loving God that gave everything he had for each and every person. That last song we sang, it said, I know each person by name. That personal connection that God has, that individual personal connection that God has with you. So I don't know who you are that's that God said, I'm just waiting on a few people. If you need a miracle, now's the time. There's no other better time than now. Jesus raised the dead. There is nothing beyond the realm of impossible with him. I don't care if you're in a wheelchair, if you have a cancer, if you have a tumor, if you have a hernia. A hernia. I think there's somebody has a hernia here. I don't care if you're missing a limb. There's nothing impossible with God. There is nothing impossible with God. I'm gonna, there is nothing impossible with God. So if that's you, today is your day. You came in one way, but you're going to leave another. God knows your name. And he has your miracle for today. So that's you. Receive it. It's for you. And come up and whenever, 
and give your testimony because we want to hear it because it is it's now so we're going to sing that just a little bit and let god do what god's going to do let the holy ghost move so we're just going to sing that a little bit just worship who cares we got time we don't have to be anywhere the buffet away no food away it'll wait God's here now. I don't care about food. I want God. That's what I want. I'll tell you what. I want Jesus. That's what I want. Because all that I have is a hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know it's not much. Nothing else fit for a king. Except for a heart singing hallelujah, hallelujah. I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. Because all that I have is a hallelujah, Except for a heart singing hallelujah, take time this morning that if you are one of the people that Dakota called out this morning and you need health in your body, healing and deliverance, then I'm just going to ask that you come down. We're going to lay hands upon you this morning and we just believe that you're going to receive that healing. Dakota, I think you called out tumors, cancer, limb loss, hernia, hernias in the house, any of that. We just want to invite you down. Pastor Dosik, we want to lay our hands on you. Come on down. Yes, yes. Come on. That's you today. We're here to pray for you. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover is what the church says. That's what the Bible says for you today. Come on out of your seats. There you go. This is an act of your faith. Right here, walking down that aisle today is the act of faith. God just needs you to just receive. He says yes to us. He called it out because he knew that there was the sick among him. He didn't call it out. He didn't reveal what he isn't here to heal today. And that's what says the Lord in this house. Amen. 
pastors in the house. Dakota, I'm going to ask you to get down there and pray. God obviously wants you to touch some people today, and we're with that, so we're going to pray for you today. Those of you that are in the seats today, I ask that you use your face from someone else. You know, it says, come on, my soul, don't get shy on me. You know what that means? There's a will. There's a will in the spirit of man that has to be crushed. Your soul tries to tell you what to do, but your spirit overrides. I ask that your soul rise up and begin to praise the Lord, right? Begin to praise and give God gratitude for what he's already doing in the works of these people right here today as he begins to do his miracle working power. Praise you again and again. Cause all that I have is a hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know it's not much, but I'm nothing else fit for a king. Except for a heart singing Oh, I know it's 
Those lungs get up and praise the Lord. So come. 
we thank you for that which you're doing in the church and in the congregation pastor would like us to take time to offer an altar call right now right here and now that says if you don't know Jesus as your personal savior you might not understand what he did for you on the cross and at Calvary I want to take the service to be sure that you don't leave here without knowing that he came for you just you that you're so important that he not only called you from before your mother's womb, he predestined you and chose you, but he also gave you a future and a hope by sending his son Jesus. And he said that you were so important that he would give you a destiny and that if you chose it, you could be with him forever. That your sin would no longer make you make a payment for what we all deserved. We didn't deserve the cross, but he gave it to us freely. Maybe you've not heard the good news. Maybe you've not heard that Jesus loved you enough that he gave his life in place for you. That what you deserved, he took so that you could have salvation. Maybe you used to serve the Lord, but you've been running. Today, the altar is open for new life, for salvation, to be saved from that which you live right now that will take us to eternal damnation and hell if our wrongs are not righted. And Jesus did that writing for us. All we have to do is say yes to him. We all have this choice. We didn't ask to be born yet we will all die. Before we die, will we say yes to Jesus is the question today. I've said yes. And I want you to know that a lot of the people around you have said yes. You know what? Look to your neighbor and ask them if they've said yes. Is there anyone here that couldn't say, I said yes? And if so, the altar's here for you. It's a safe place. It's not a place of judgment. It's not a place where we write down your wrongs and post them on the wall. That's not what happens. Thank God. Because if my wrongs were wrote on the wall, 
ugh, you guys would declare me not worthy. But God says I'm worth it. Jesus said I was worth it. And he says you're worth it. Come on, if you're here today and you want to give your life to Jesus, follow in the footsteps of this brave young woman coming down the aisle right now. Follow in his footsteps and say yes. Say yes to Jesus. Say yes to the cross today. We don't know what tomorrow looks like, but today we can say yes. Amen? There's no way you can live in this world today and not know that time is short. If you're here in the house today, just say yes. Please come. He's waiting. He's waiting. We wait. That's okay. God's working on the hearts of those that are in the house. Come on, if you're in the house, there they come. Here's another one. Say yes. Oh, this is Roger. Say yes. Is there anyone else? pray the prayer of salvation with these two people this morning who have given their lives to Christ. Come over here.
family, don't pack away your prayer power because we need to do some praying right now. I'm sure you know the enemy is out and about and he is seeking whom he may devour and he is attempting to devour our children. The enemy is is cunning and sly. And as a teacher at a local school, I see this every day. I get to witness these kids come in and they are broken and they are hurting and they don't know what their identity is. They just don't know. Everything's fluid. There's no right or wrong. Everything just changes at a whim. Social norms aren't normal anymore. And what I want you to understand is that this is where these kids are coming from. A few months ago, I had to tell a second grader back in SLAM who Jesus was and what the nativity scene was. Not long ago, I heard a kid say, well, there's this book written. Some religious people use it. He didn't know what that book was called, the Bible. He didn't know that the book of Genesis existed when God said he created male and female and it was good. He did not know that. This eighth grader had no idea that that truth existed in his life. So I want you to understand where they're coming from because when we hear of the decisions that are made in schools and the things that are happening in our society and children and their identity, especially their sexual identity, we wanna rise up like Jesus in the temple. Man, we wanna storm it. We wanna wanna break things. But that is not how Jesus changed the world. Do you know how he changed the heart of people? He went to the sinner and he loved them. These are our children, and they need love. They need to know that there's truth, and they need to know that that truth will set them free. So we might want to break something, but Jesus wants to bring something. He wants to mend. He wants to fix. He wants to heal. When Jesus wanted to change the prostitute, he drew a line in the sand and said, cast the first stone. I dare you. That's pretty much what he said, quoting loosely there. When, When Jesus wanted to change the tax collector, he ate dinner with him. That's how Jesus changed people. If you want to change the hearts of these children who don't even know that Genesis exists and God created them and they are good, you have to love the children. Now, by all means, vote. Make an impact in your local community. Please do that. But if you want to reach these kids, you've got to love the kids. We're not going to change them by railing against the authority and the adults who are clearly messed up on their own. You better pray for them too. But what we want to pray for today is children who don't know that there's a right and a wrong. They don't know their identity. So we're going to pray a few specific things. We're going to pray that they learn their identity and that God created them and they are good. Just as they are male and female, they are good. We're going to pray that they understand truth. We have the helmet of truth. You better get your helmet of truth on because you need that spiritual armor. We are fighting a tough war right now. And we're going to pray love because the number one thing that they're seeking is love. And they don't know where it comes from. They don't know if it comes from male, female. They they don't know. They just want love. They want to feel like there's something that embraces them and comforts them and gives them peace. They're just so full of turmoil. There's broken homes and broken hearts. And they don't know where that love is. So they're just looking for love. You need to be that love. That's what Jesus did. You be that love. But you know what we need to pray for the most is our kids who are the ones carrying that love to school. My kids... My kids who walk into school every day knowing that they have to fight a war every day. Can you extend a hand? They all left. Okay, well, pretend like the youth is somewhere in here. I didn't think they were leaving quite yet. If you know a teacher 
can you put a hand on them? Because I'm telling you, being in the schools right now is hard. We walk this very tight rope of speaking truth and speaking love, but we're not allowed to say certain things. We're just not. And we're not allowed to say that's right and that's wrong because the world doesn't want us to share that truth. So if you know a teacher, extend a hand toward them. If you have a youth near you, put your hands on them. They need our prayer. Let's pray for them right now. Heavenly Father, we pray for the youth of America and the world. Lord, raise up Daniels and Esthers. Raise up young people who knew exactly who they were in you, and they knew that that's where their power came from, that they put their feet on the rock of solid Christ, and that's where they stood, Lord. We ask that as if we've done everything we can do, we stand and we pray, Lord, and we stand and we, we fill that gap, Lord, that they don't know how to cross of identity. How do I get over there? How do I understand who I am? How do I experience love? Lord, pour that love into us so that we can pour it into them, Lord. I pray right now that you would heal broken hearts, Lord, through the touch of the Holy Spirit that's in us that we carry to the world every day. Lord, I pray that you'd raise up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's who can walk through the fire and not be burned because they know that you are a God who saves. Lord, take this salvation to the world through us. Make us your hands and feet, Lord. Make my children who walk into school every day facing this battle understand the depth of your love, the protection and the armor that's on them already, the truth that's on their head, Lord, and help them to walk it out day by day, step by step, as we change this nation for you. And it's in your name we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. I am here, I'm Ray Ray. I was given that nickname by a, a kid who is now really an adult almost. Um, but uh, I'm here to talk to you about tithe and offering. So you're gonna wanna get a tithe and offering envelope. You're gonna wanna get one. So don't, don't pass it up, get one. Pick one up. If you're on live stream, if you're out there in the cyber, cyber world, go to onlybelieve.church. Up in the right hand corner, there's a hamburger menu. Those that don't know what a hamburger menu is, three lines that look like this, and that's a hamburger menu. Press that and select give. So do it now. Ready? Are you doing it? Good. All right. Uh, I want to talk to you about God gave and God is still giving. I want to talk to you about that. Uh, we, we all know the famous uh, scripture in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we know that He created the heaven and the earth. And everything that was created through Jesus uh, was created in six days. Six days. And on the seventh day, He rested. Um, and you know what He did? He formed us from the dust, and He breathed life into us. Can you imagine that? He formed us from the dust. He's still breathing life into babies every day and us. Um, and the sun rises and sets, and the seasons come and go. So he gives. He always gives. Um, and then, guess what? We fell into disobedience in the garden. He created a garden. He gave us a garden, a beautiful garden. And then we fell into disobedience, and we did a boo-boo, and it was bad. But then, you know what he did? You know what he did? He sent his only begotten son, John 3.16. So that whosoever believeth in him would not perish, but have eternal life. 
I don't think you can outgive God. I don't think you can do it. I've heard it set up here many times. I believe it. He cannot be outgiven. Uh, Colossians 3.1 says, and this is the kicker here. This is the, this is the kicker. If you then have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So I saw two people come up and give their lives to Christ, but the rest of you are in Christ, right? So if you're in Christ, then you should seek the things that are above. And you should keep his commandments. And you should follow what he, he does. Um, and the, 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 the real trick here in my message is we were created in his image. Well, I just described him, and he's a, he's a giver. He's a giver. You can't outgive him. And uh, so if we're created in his image, what does that make us? Givers. Amen. You know, and, and uh, when these two folks came forward, it reminded me the miracle of conversion. The miracle of conversion. You know, our sins are forgiven, so God is giving. He's taking away our sins. How much more could you ask? Um, we're adopted into God's family as sons and daughters. Sons and daughters of the living God. We're adopted. Um, not only that, we have a new location in Christ in heaven. We're not, I mean, we're here. We're pilgrims. We're here. We have to deal with all this fleshly stuff. But we're, we're seated with Christ in heaven. We're seated with Christ in heaven. Um, and then uh, that, all that causes a radical change in us spiritually, right? I mean, I used to be, I used to be blind and stupid. And now my eyes have been opened and I'm a new creature in Christ. And again, God keeps giving. Um, so as a result of that, um, we're in, in unity with the risen Christ. And he then establishes our priorities, right? Our priorities aren't of the world. Our priorities aren't of our job or, you know, whatever you want to name. He establishes our priorities, and our priorities are to please him through faith, and it takes faith to give. So today, I just encourage you, if you are in Christ, which I believe all of you are, all of you are in Christ, I encourage you to give, and it shall be given. Give, and it shall be given. He said that. He would open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you cannot contain. If you have grandchildren, he's already done it for me. He pours out a blessing you cannot contain. If you have a spouse, if you have, you know, have a home, if you have you know, all the necessities of life, he's done all that. So I encourage you, fill out your tithe and offering envelopes. Get ready to give. I'm going to pray for you today. Father God, just come to you in the name of Jesus. And we're a grateful people, Father. You can have our hearts. You already have our hearts. And Father, we ask you to deepen the relationship we have with you today, Father. And just open the windows of heaven. Open our eyes of revelation through your spirit, Father. And just bless us in our coming and going. Father, I ask that you bless every hand that brings forward a tithe or an offering. I ask you to bless them abundantly. I know you will. I receive it by faith. And I just give you all the praise and all the glory in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. The globe in the center is for PDM Ministries. And you can just come forward and give your tithe and offering. God bless you.
Alleluia. Well, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Hallelujah. Well, I want to talk about the Holy Ghost today. You know, one of my uh, great things is that when I die at 92, that people will forget about the Holy Ghost. Never, never forget. I, wrote, I write things in a book and I tell Nikki, never forget the Holy Ghost. We believe in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So I've got several ways I want to go. I could just take two services in one. And uh, let's go to 1 John 4, 1 through 4. 1 John is the Holy Ghost for today. Or is it just for a limited few or a special group of chosen people? There are so many things that people struggle in about the Holy Ghost simply because many times there are strongholds that are laid early in our Christian life. And uh, that separates people from being able to use their faith. Now, I don't apologize for preaching what you think that you know. And uh, I don't think that we know it. I was sitting there this morning learning a bunch of things. I thought, why didn't I ever preach that? Well, because you didn't know it. So, we're going to jump in here on 1 John 4, 1. Beloved, Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits. There are, whether they be of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Here know ye that the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Now there's two reflections of that scripture. One is, yes, they that confess Jesus Christ as Lord come in the flesh, but then the other in the Greek uh, theology, it has that if people confess the coming Christ, in other words, they confess that Jesus is going to come again in the flesh, they are the true reflections of Christianity. We must believe that Jesus has been raised from the dead and that he's coming back. You might not think that's important. It is important. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come and even now is in the world today. Now, we understand, remember, Paul had two that went out and said that the rapture was done away with, and Paul called them heretics. And it says, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them because, this is where the overcoming life comes, because 
you because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Without the Holy Ghost, we simply are people that are not empowered to deal with the wickedness that is in the world. We are at a grave disadvantage. Without the Holy Ghost, you and I are nothing in the area of preaching the gospel except an argumentative idea. What makes Jesus alive? What convinces the unbeliever? What convinces those that are steeped in religion? Well, in Acts 3 and 4, we know that Peter and John did it by using the name. By using the name of Jesus, and multitudes were saved out of that one miracle. I think that we need the Holy Ghost today. I think that we are on the verge of losing the testimony of the resurrection of Christ because many Christians do not live in the power of the Holy Ghost. And one of the reasons that we don't do it is because we never attempt to. We never attempt to. We just don't do it. We think God won't hear me. God won't this. God won't that. You know, Eric has this uh, thing that he asks me every time we're in another country or before every service. Pastor, do you need anything? I say, yes, miracles. I need a miracle tonight, Eric. I need somebody to get a, a blind eye to pop open. I need a cripple to get up because I know that that one miracle will produce faith in other people's lives and cause them to believe. And so we need the Holy Ghost. There are three ways that we testify of Christ. The first way that we testify of Christ is our verbiage. We tell people about Jesus, hopefully before we have scarred them and darkened their attitude by us cussing and using cliches and so forth. And then there is the life of every believer. The Bible says you'll know them by their fruit. And so our fruit should reflect Christ-likeness. Not just when we're in church, not just when we're in a good mood, not just when things are going our way, all the time. All the time. And then the third testimony that we have is the testimony of the voice of the Holy Ghost. Now, what is the voice of the Holy Ghost? The voice of the Holy Ghost are nine gifts that unveil who Jesus is and unveil God himself. We may talk about that later. So we know that we need the power of the Holy Ghost. We need witnesses. We need testimonies that God is real and that God has raised Christ from the dead. Let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 4. 1 Corinthians 2, 4. <clears throat> the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, 3, that no man, 
No man can say that Jesus is Lord without the Holy Ghost. Now, we can say it, but to say it to a place of being unquestionably unshakable and unchangeable is when the gifts of the Spirit testify that Jesus is Lord. So, 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, and verse 3 says, No man, that means you and I, we need the Holy Ghost to help us preach the gospel. Amen? <clears throat> I had a friend of mine one time. He called this blind woman up in front of people. And uh, I was just there in his meeting, and he called a blind woman up. And he said, I'll tell you what, if this blind woman doesn't see, I'm telling you I'm a false prophet, and you're going to run me out of town. I headed for the back door. I thought, what kind of crazy guy would say that? Well, he would. And God opened her eyeballs. You say, well, well why would God do that? I don't know, maybe he just thought this poor stupid fellow has dug a hole he's never going to get out of. But anyway, God opened the woman's eyeballs in the name of Jesus. Well, people believed that he was a prophet. They had faith in what he said and what he did. Now, let's go 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 4. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power for the sole purpose that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. In other words, when we preach the gospel with signs and wonders, it demonstrates the power of God over death itself. Therefore, we can have faith in a coming resurrection. We don't fear the grave and we don't fear death. And so it's important that we operate in the gifts of the Spirit. And if you have the Holy Ghost, he doesn't come in with one gift. He comes in with all the gifts. He doesn't come in putting his foot in you. He comes in entering you. If you hear my voice at your front door, get ready. I'm coming in spirit, soul, and body. I'm coming in. So when the Holy Ghost comes, we don't just get a fragment. We don't just get one gift. We get equipped with nine gifts of the Spirit. And when he comes in, he comes in to verify the message that he sent us to preach. And so we have a purpose of using the Holy Ghost. And I want to encourage you that you start doing it. Well, what if I miss it? What if they don't get healed? What if? I don't know. What if your wife would have said no? What if your wife wouldn't have had children? What if your mom and dad wouldn't have liked you? I don't know. We could what if 
ourselves into oblivion. But if you will start believing God, then you will begin to see God in a supernatural way. God gave you the Holy Ghost for the purpose of demonstrating the verification of the resurrection of his son. God's not trying to keep you from living in it or moving in it or demonstrating in it. He wants you to be used of the Holy Ghost. So you may make mistakes, but instruction is a way of life. So you just keep using them, amen? And try to use them. Use them in the most obscure areas where you run into people that have the biggest problems, you introduce them to God. Introduce them to God. And when you do, people will begin to believe. I remember one time I, Phyllis and I was witnessing to this uh, couple and uh, it was not a good situation. The husband was uh, having, had committed incest with his uh, stepdaughter. The husband of that house that, that they were living in was an alcoholic, and there was this little woman there, and we were praying. Phyllis and I were praying, and we were testifying and witnessing to him, tell him about the gospel, and... Uh, I had never noticed that the woman's hands weren't on the table. And uh, so I said, well, God can do anything. She said, can he fix these? And she threw her hands out, and they were all crippled and gnarled up by crippling arthritis. My first thought was, I don't know. But my second thought was because I'm bragging on God, I went ahead and said, yes, God can fix them. Well, I prayed for that woman's hands. And in a moment of time faster than we could calculate, her hands went straight. And she was totally healed, and the whole household got saved. That's the power of the witness of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So we want to realize that you and I have been given the Holy Ghost so that we can bear witness of Jesus Christ. It's not that you pray all the time, you fast all the time. That may be what God would ask you to do, but you already have the Holy Ghost. Do what God wants you to do, and it's not by works, it is by faith. Amen? So start using, start believing God for supernatural things. Amen? I know the other day, Eric and I was in a, a me, the meeting in Honduras, and I, I said, Eric, what's wrong with that guy up there on the soundboard? He said, I don't know. So... Uh, I asked the interpreter, I said, what's wrong with him? He said, I don't know. He said, is there something wrong with you? He said, uh, yes, I have one leg shorter than the other. And I said, well, come on down here. 
and it was a little twisted, and he came down, and God healed his foot. God just healed his leg. And so that gave testimony in that church, and in fact, that church has been in Hannah here. Oh, there, there you are. Hannah, you stand up. We don't want Ben. And, and uh, I was in a church that Dream On built. They gave $50,000 for that building, bought the land, laid the floor. I was in that church the first night I was there. The blind saw and the lame walk, and all types of things happened in that church. And that church is filling up. Praise God. So that happened because you were involved. Hallelujah. But it is those gifts of the Spirit that we are so desperately in need. We are at a grave disadvantage without the voice of the Holy Ghost in our life. The Bible tells us that the kingdom of God is not in word only, but it's in power and demonstration. And so when we preach this, please let the Holy Ghost use you. You say, well, I don't know if he will. Listen, if he used me, he'll use anybody. I'm telling you, I heard the scraping of the barrel when he laid hold of me. But I just decided that I was going to believe God. Now, I've prayed for lots of people that didn't get it, but the people that I did pray for that did get it are happy that I prayed. And there is the prayer of that righteous man on the behalf of another is something that will transform your communities and your families. So please use the power of the Holy Ghost. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 1.5. 1 Thessalonians 1.5. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, God wants to use each and every one of us in our community. And it doesn't matter if you're educated or if you're not. I met a man this week. His, uh, I forget his name. He has the largest church in Honduras. And uh, he, it, see, it, his uh, sanctuary holds two 747s. How many know that's pretty big? And uh, so he had me come, and uh, he said, you know, I didn't go to Bible college. I said, well, good, that's, that's star one. I'm not against education, but this man had never been to college. He just started preaching. And before long, people started coming. And he told all types of miracles. One miracle was a woman had a bullet sticking out of her head. And she was crippled. He prayed for her. The bullet came out. She got up and walked. How do you explain that? That is the testimony of God. And that's how he's building his church in Honduras. And 1 Thessalonians 1.5 says this. 
for our gospel, our message of Jesus's death and resurrection, our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost, in much assurance, as ye know what manner of man we were among you. So the Holy Ghost here not only brings signs and wonders to the gospel, but helps us live a Christian life. The Bible says that the Holy Ghost sanctifies us. That may be one of the great failures of unrighteousness that reigns in the churches today. And, the, and it's in every church. And we need to have a relationship with the Holy Ghost so that we as Christians can live in purity. Could have given amen. See, we are kept by the power of God through faith, but it's also in relationship with the power of the Holy Ghost strengthening us to live the life that Christ wants us to live. Amen? Come on, amen? Amen. Now, we understand that the good thing that was committed to you and I, these are our gifts, our callings, and so forth. We have to keep them by the Holy Ghost. What will happen if our relationship with the Holy Ghost diminishes? Our gifts become silent. And that is probably why many people have started and now are not involved. Because their relationship with the Holy Ghost began to get cold or not as active as it used to be. The Bible says that the Holy Ghost helps us live in the fullness of the kingdom of God with joy, strength, and he gives us great hope in the Holy Ghost. Have you lost hope? Lots of people get discouraged and lose hope. When the Bible says that, you know what? In 1 Corinthians 14, 4, says that when a man prays in an unknown tongue, he edifies himself. So why would we sit there and be depressed, be without hope, have no joy? Most Christians don't have any joy. But you need to have joy. And that comes from the Holy Ghost. And we need the Holy Ghost to give us joy so that no matter what we're looking at, hope can spark fire. So we get joy and hope from the Holy Ghost. So you and I need to make sure that we continue to build this relationship with the Holy Ghost so that we're not ashamed of it, that we are comfortable with him, so that he can fill us, encourage us, build us up. But we can't do that if we don't use what the Holy Ghost has given us to use. You know, we go days upon days without praying in the Holy Ghost. How can we do that? 
We can do it because we get bored. We do it because, well, you know, I just, I don't need a miracle now. I don't, no, no. You need it every day. Every day, the devil is trying to take you out of your race, your calling, your gifting, out of your place of influence and victory. And you know what? If you don't use the Holy Ghost, then you are going to find yourself on the losing end. But see, we overcome by the Holy Ghost and the power that is in him, not by our own ability and temperance. And I'm preaching like this so that you and I can learn that we are dependent on the Holy Ghost. Because I'm telling you that in the world that we live in, in the church world that we live in, that the Holy Ghost is becoming a very distant subject in our churches today. And we need a move of the Holy Ghost. And that means that we come and that we are willing to surrender it all, we are willing to do it all, we are willing to offer it all so that the Holy Ghost can come and inhabit the praises of God's people and do for us what we can't do for ourselves. Why do so many people have thoughts with their mind? Well, Jesus said, he bring everything that I said back to your remembrance. And if you don't keep the Holy Ghost involved, there won't be anything coming in your mind except what you put in it through the television. And if it's not by television, it'll be negative. It'll be wicked. It'll be evil. So we need the Holy Ghost to bring things back to our remembrance. It's important that we have the Holy Ghost in our lives. Amen? Hallelujah. So let's go to Jude 1.18. Jude is just a little book back here right before Hebrews. No, it's not. <laughs> Thank you, David. That's why you make the big bucks. <clears throat> it's on page 791. <clears throat> Jude is just a little book but it's so filled with things that protect the church and the believer. And let's look at verse 17. But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time, and that should walk after their own ungodly lust. Now the, these be they who separate themselves sensual, having not the Spirit. Notice what it says, that these are they 
that separate themselves. From who? It said the Spirit. See, we separate ourselves from the Holy Ghost. We become a part of the crowd that is anti-God. Just look what it said. It says how that they told you, that we told you, there should be mockers in the last time that we should walk, that they would walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate. They had to be joined to something. They weren't joined to the world. They were joined to the kingdom. But they separated themselves and they became sensual, having not the spirit. I said one time that the Holy Ghost will not strive with men. And, and a guy heard it and he said, oh man, you're crazy. God will never leave me. God will never forsake me. He's living like a devil anyway. He just didn't know God had moved out. And so he ended up leaving the church because, number one, he just wouldn't do any background check. You know, you're going to accuse somebody of being wrong. You ought to find out if they are or not. The Bible says that my spirit will not always strive with man. There are things that you can do, just like these people did, to separate yourself from the Holy Ghost. And that he will get so insignificant that he will stop bringing things back to your remembrance. He'll stop revealing things to you. You'll start being satisfied eating the bread that has not been broken by him in your communion with him. And so these people can separate themselves. I don't want to be one of them. And then it says this, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Pray, building yourself upon your most holy faith. Now, that might tell us why people lose their faith in a storm. They forget. You could encourage, build up, and strengthen yourself by praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, if you forget that, guess what? Your faith will wane. Well, I thought faith came by hearing. I didn't say that it didn't. I just told you the Holy Ghost said that if you pray in the Holy Ghost, you'll build yourself up on your most holy Faith. faith doesn't come by praying in the Holy Ghost, but you'll build yourself up. So if you had seed faith, the size of a seed, the size of faith, you could build yourself up on it. And it wouldn't crumble. It wouldn't break. It wouldn't run in fear. You could be strong in your faith. Build yourself up on your most 
holy faith. Only one way to do it, praying in the Holy Ghost. Oh, well, yeah, but I just, I, I get tired of that. And, and I, I know, I know it. Yep, I know it. But nevertheless, we do it. And then it says this, keep yourself in the love of God. You know what that means? You can live sinlessly because wherever love is, it does what love does. So looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life life now praying in the Holy Ghost and we're going to talk about that next week praying in the Holy Ghost is if you have the infilling of the Holy Ghost then you need to use what he has given you amen, amen. just think if you were this tall in God but then you started praying in the Holy Ghost and building yourself up on your most holy faith. Well, praying in tongues helps you get sanctified, helps you stay pure, helps you live righteously, and it helps you to be holy. And so you shut lots of doors that may open up for the devil to come in. And so you want to pray in the Holy Ghost. And, you know, sometimes it's strange because you may not know what you're praying. But the Holy Ghost is giving you the utterance. Amen? Uh, is Doc Overlute here today? Well, doctor, if you're watching, you like, Hello? I needed you, Doc. All right, I have to punt. Where's Eric? Hey, come here, Eric. <clears throat> you may not know what you're saying, but the Holy Ghost is smarter than you, and he will use you in a supernatural way. Now, Eric and I were in Herkimer, New York. Where's Herkimer? Don't bother. And uh, it's really near where the old Remington factory used to be. But everybody know where that's at? Yeah. I I was I was praying for your stepfather. Yes. And uh, he's Italian. He is Italian. And his wife is full-blooded Italian. We eat lots of pasta, Pastor. Hmm? We eat lots of pasta. Yes, you do. And other stuff that nobody should eat. Uh, squid, octopus. Yeah. Calamari, exactly. It's a better name. I like that. No, calamari is not octopus. That's squid. No, it's squid. Anybody here know what calamari is? 
squid or... There you go, Eric. Now listen, these Gentiles know. Now, <clears throat> but his wife asked me to come over and pray for him. I said, okay. So I came over and prayed for him. And what did she say, Eric? Well, she said you began to speak in Italian to him as you were, you were praying over him. And, and, and she reached out to me and said, uh, Eric, does Pastor Dosik know Italian? And I said, no, no. I, I, he does not know Italian, but, uh, uh, Mom. And she says, wow, he is speaking to Dan right now in Italian and speaking to him healing and blessing and increase for his life and that he's going to be well. And I said, well, uh, the Bible says that, you know, we'll speak in tongues and Sometimes we may not know the utterance, but then God will give us interpretation, right, Pastor? Yep, absolutely. And, and God literally used Pastor to speak in Italian to Dan to minister to him. Yep. Yeah. Now, I don't know Italian. You know I do well just to get my name out. In fact, I went on Siri, and it told me how to pronounce my last name. It's pronounced Doshek. Had nothing to do with Dosak. I, I just picked that up. Anyway... And then I, on a Sunday morning, I was here in this sanctuary, and Dr. Oblu was here, and uh, I came up here where people give uh, prophecies or tongues and interpretation of tongues, and I started speaking in tongues. And Phyllis said, uh, are you going to interpret? I said, no. I said, somebody else is. And Sister Barb over here in the amen corner interpreted what I said, and I thought, well, praise God, hallelujah. The church was edified. Then Dr. Oblu, which is from Nigeria, he came up to me, and uh, he said, Pastor, could I talk to you? I said, sure. Yeah, what you got? He said, when you started speaking in other tongues, I understood the dialect that you were using, and it is an old dialect from uh, Nigeria in the area that I lived in. And in other countries, they have a lot of dialects. Uh, some of them, you could have a hundred, a thousand dialects in uh, the Philippines or in Africa because each dialect varies a little. And so he said, and you started speaking in that dialect and then that lady over there interpreted almost verbatim of what you had spoken. Now, we don't always know what we're saying, but we do know that it works for our good. And so, that was a sign to those people. And, uh, of course... It let me know I was smarter than I thought. And that people don't just realize how intelligent I am. I am bilingual. I speak trashy English. I speak Nigerian. I speak Italian. And then I speak, I'm sorry, Phyllis. And that's a whole different world. Now, I want to encourage you. Let's make a new covenant and a new agree agreement. 
to activate the Holy Ghost. Activate the Holy Ghost. You know, you can pray in the Holy Ghost and draw up out of the wells of wisdom. And it'll give you direction. It'll tell you what to do. But if we don't use it, we will become separated from the gift that God gave us that has been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. And all I'm trying to do today is just get us refocused on using the Holy Ghost. Let's not be hearers. Let's not be equipped and not use the weapons of our warfare. Let's use them. Amen? And know this, that if you ask the Holy Ghost to help you pray for your kids or your grandchildren, your spouse or whatever, he knows where the devil is active. Hebrews 4.13. And if you will ask him, he will give you utterances that you may never, may never have used before. And you'll start praying and you'll start dealing with your kids, your grandkids, your spouse, and he'll start dealing with hurts. He'll start dealing with unbelief. He'll start dealing with offenses. You know, I don't know why people don't believe, but he does. And if you will give yourself to him, he will turn things around. It's like God putting a word in your mouth where it says, when we don't know how to pray as we ought, that the Holy Ghost gives us an utterance or groanings. And these things turn things around and make everything turn out for our good. Now, no man is greater than God. No bondage is greater than God. No addiction is greater than God. No need is greater than God. No anything is greater than God. Let God loose through the Holy Ghost into your life. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Let's not let ourselves get separated. Let's not let ourselves get to the point that we cannot be led. Let us not let ourselves diminish in our holy faith. Oh, the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, hallelujah. God, stir us, activate us. God, let us remember there is nothing impossible. Let us remember, God, that, Father, you have given us the spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Let us remember, God, 
that you've given us this gift to be overcomers. God, there's nothing that can stop faith in you. Stir our faith, God, that we will begin to embrace the gifts that you have given us. God, we thank you for all that you've done. We thank you for all that you've done. How we, God, want to testify of Christ, not with enticing words, but God in demonstration and in power. You've given it to us. We have it. What will we do with what we have? I know you believe in us. God, let us believe in you. Now, God, bless every household that is here, every business, every family, God. God, bless them from the north, the south, the east, and the west. God, cause your goodness to shine upon them. Cause your grace, God, to compass them. Cause favor, God, to bring them before great men. And God, I ask you that you just meet every one of their needs because you are our shepherd. And we, God, as believers, do not want. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you. Wednesday night at 7 o'clock.